from the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, frozen here, and the freezing, freezing Daytona Beach, Florida. How, how, uh, how cold is it, Luke? Well, today it's uh, around 50, I think. Oh, oh, God. When I went to bed last night, it was 39 degrees down here. Oh, no, what a, what a catastrophe. Alright, it's not freezing. Under the wimpy, chilly Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint uh, for the wild card round on a Saturday, January 6th, the year 2018. See, you, you guys are such wimps that, are, that, that this intro wound up being 40 seconds today. It's the longest Teeing It Up intro in a while. Oh, well, thank you for that. Uh, it's a different kind of cold down here, I'll say that. Oh, okay. If, 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 if you... Ugh. You're lame. Anyway, this is this is what living. How long have you lived in Florida now? For like four years, three years? Yeah, exactly. Four years this month. Yeah. Yeah, it's made you a wimp. Um, <laughs> I love you. Um, so, all right, two things before we dive into these four wild card games. Number one, John Gruden going to the Raiders, ten years, hundred million dollars, and still broadcasting today for ESPN. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the contract. I think that's ridiculous. Yes. Anyway, he makes it ten years, and I don't like the idea of him broadcasting. We knew when Del Rio was fired on Sunday. In fact, we knew before that. I mean, there were rumors, but nonetheless, it seemed like Gruden was going to go to Oakland. And if I'm, especially the Chiefs, even the Titans, I'm not happy about it. And I'm certainly not letting him into my practices this week, or having any sort of production meetings with them, or letting him on my sideline pregame, uh, especially if I'm the Chiefs, because they have to play him twice next year. Why would I ever want? It's like allowing any other coach. Would they let, would the Titans allow the head coach of the, the Jaguars to come into their practices in the meetings? It makes no sense. It happened earlier this year when Greg Olson did a game for Fox and he broadcasted the Vikings game three weeks before the Panthers played the Vikings. It makes no sense. That's twice now this year the NFL has done this, and I wouldn't be happy if I was the Chiefs or Titans. Why are you blaming the NFL? You think they should have stopped it? Well, I know in the Vikings case, they petitioned the NFL to make a change, and both the NFL and Fox said that uh, neither was going to do anything about it. So it, it comes down, at the end of the day, to the TV partners, but of course, due to their deals with the NFL, the NFL can have a large say in the matter. And in that case with Fox, both sides felt nothing was wrong. Uh, they didn't do anything, and I imagine it'd be the same here, but if I'm the Chiefs, I'm at least... You know, raising a storm, complaining about this because I think it's nonsense. All right, and now Belichick, Brady, Kraft in the future. Yeah, you know, I've doubled down on the Belichick thing. I've been saying for a while that I, that, you know, uh, ever since that Garoppolo trade, something just seems off. To get rid of both of those young quarterbacks, you have no future. Brady's going to be 41 next year, and now they're saying that Belichick's helping his coordinators get jobs for the first time ever. So I'm going to predict. Uh, that it's kind of a, a Bill Parcells type of move, which Belichick served under back yep. in 1991 when Parcells let Coughlin help him get the job at Boston College, helped Belichick get the job at the Browns, waited until a month before the draft, left the Giants as kind of a, a jab in their side after winning the Super Bowl. I think Belichick does the same thing. I think he's uh, kind of salty at the way this whole thing went down, and now he's going to try to turn the tables on the Patriots by letting both coordinators get a job leave at the last minute, and the Patriots will be in disarray heading into next season with no future the quarterback position after he's traded away those two options, a 41-year-old quarterback and a whole new coaching staff at the last minute, and all the good candidates are gone. But what happens to the Giants' job? Because Belichick would want to coach. All the coaching jobs are going to be filled. 
Yeah, that's the curious thing. I'm curious to see how this Giants position plays out because, right, if, if the Giants were to wait till after the Super Bowl to hope to get Belichick, uh, that would be a risky proposition unless they already talked to him beforehand and had some sort of deal laid out. So that's how I'm curious to see how this Giants job, uh, the search plays out here in the coming weeks. I think if Belichick goes anywhere as a coach next year, it is to the Giants. He's always been a Giant. Uh, they have a good setup for a new head coach next year, especially somebody like him. Um, they have a Boston guy running that team now, so uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, otherwise, you know, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he just stepped away and either took a year off or called it quits. I mean, he's going to be 66. He's done all he could as a coach. He's got a, a girlfriend he seems to like now, so who knows. But also, uh, keep in mind that we've got Rooney Rule issues that, that Parcells didn't have to deal with. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody believes that the Raiders uh, followed the spirit of the Rooney Rule. Um, <laughs> and that kind of wink-wink, nod-nod deal would also make it seem like the Patriots were not, um, uh, were not following the spirit of the rule. There's a lot of complexities here. Yeah, that's a good point. In the meantime, the Giants could follow that rule and interview somebody here in the, the coming weeks, but uh, the Rooney Rule, unfortunately, has almost become more uh, offensive than anything else in just the way that it's, it's not applied. I mean, the Raiders d- didn't follow it this year, and nothing's going to be done about it. They apparently interviewed two minority candidates. That's okay. that's that's what they're claiming. I don't... I have not seen who those two minority candidates were. But, but even so, somebody like the Vikings' current defensive coordinator, George Edwards, is getting a couple of interviews or head coaching jobs, and many believe it's just to fill that Rooney rule. So mm. it's offensive. Right, and... and and that's my point too. Is that I I don't you know I have no idea if the names of 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 who the 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 Raiders talk to will come out, but I don't believe that either of them were serious candidates. Yeah, so it's the whole thing. I mean, go back. The Lions broke the Rooney Rule in two thousand four. I think it was when they hired Steve Mariucci. Nothing happened. The Cowboys when they hired Parcells just called up Dennis Green one day for a phone interview to fill that the Rooney Rule. Uh, it, something needs to to change with that rule to make it better. Yeah. Um, all right, we got some games today. We got um, Titans, Kansas City. Uh, we've got a Kansas City team that's been inconsistent. We've got a Titans team that nobody seems to like. Um, I frankly wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee wins because this is the type of year, to sorry, time of year where Andy Reid is not very good. So why not? Yeah. I mean, the team's crap, but this is the time of year when, when Andy Reid teams don't perform. So, okay, I'll go Tennessee. I could see it. Uh, you know, I think the line is too large at, at nine points. That seems a little crazy to me, but I, yeah, I don't know if the Titans can go in there and win. Now, I will say, while Kansas City is a tough place to play, Mariota did go in there and win last year, but he's a different quarterback this year. He didn't play that well last year either, but still got to come from behind victory. Um, but, you know, when I look at this matchup, um, for the Titans, they have one of the best rush defense in the league, and that's why they've been so successful against Jacksonville this year, because they stopped the run and they forced the quarterback to have to make plays, and Blake Bortles was never able to do that. Now, same thing here today. You're going to want to cut down on the run game, take out Kareem Hunt, and make Alex Smith try to beat you, a, a guy who is two and 2-4 in the playoffs, um, and see if he can make the plays. With that said, though, the Titans have one of the worst pass defenses in the league, and Tyreek Hill has been one of the biggest playmakers uh, in the league in terms of downfield receptions. So, um, you know, he's a guy to, to look out for where 
the opportunities will be there for Hill against the Titans. But for Tennessee, no DeMarco Murray. It's going to be cold today. Mariota just has been lousy. I don't know if he can go on the road and win a game, something that quarterbacks have only done in their first playoff start twice in 2002, and that includes Mark Sanchez. Yeah, um, it's interesting. You look at Hunt, you look at Hill, you look at Alex Smith, you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes, you look at this Kansas City roster, they can do it multiple ways. Do you think there's a chance Mahomes plays any this week? Uh, no, not this week, but there's a chance, that, uh, I think a pretty good chance that this could be Alex Smith's last game with Kansas City. No, but 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 hold on a second, Luke. Sorry, that that's my fault. Bad question. Do you think that if Alex Smith is ineffective in the first half because Mahomes played some down the stretch, will Andy Reid be so desperate to, 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 to make that switch? I think they're the only team in the playoffs, barring injury, where you could see a quarterback switch. I don't think the Vikings would do it. Um, they're the only other team that I think could do it. But I, would, I think there's a chance Mahomes comes in for a spark. I, I, yeah, I'll agree there, and I think there should be a chance. It's the playoffs. You have to lay it out on the line. I mean, this is your last chance. So Smith's not getting the job done. Mahomes looked good last week. Obviously, a much different situation than today. But, uh, yeah, if you need a spark, and I'm Andy Reid, I would certainly think about it, um, making that move, despite, you know, the, the stage, the big stage for a young kid. Yeah. Um, this is a big day for Marcus Mariota. He was supposed to be the Messiah. Um uh, or, or or not the Messiah, um, but but kind of the next great quarterback, um, and uh, you know the 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 next wonderful iteration of this run pass multi dimensional quarterback. It hasn't worked that way. It's been the running game at times. It's gotten them places. This is a big day for him. Yeah, it is. And like I said, no Demarco Murray, so he, he's going to be relied upon even further. Yep. Um, but, you know, I think that, uh, I think the Chiefs win today. I don't think they cover. And then I think the Titans get rid of Malarkey after this game and that stupid offense that he calls exotic smash mouth. I think that's actually stunted the growth of Mariota. You'll see it today watching the game. Uh, the play calling is very perplexing at times. And so that hasn't helped Marcus. In fact, his teammates even came out this week and saying sometimes Mariota has to, um, you know, step up when uh, the coaching isn't good. So, you know, the other players see it. I don't know what they're doing offensively over there. I think they make a change to get somebody in to help out Mariota next year. Um, I totally agree with you on that. Um, let's talk about running backs who are out uh, for a second because uh, uh, this is a nice segue. Let's, let's skip to tomorrow with Buffalo Jacksonville. No Shady McCoy. This could be Tyrod Taylor's last game in Buffalo. The, the difference there is that Nobody wants to see Nathan Peterman, I think even Bills fans, um, play any downs in this game. To me, this is a game where I think if Jacksonville has just a, a smidgen of positive offense, they, they, they win this game comfortably. I think Buffalo's overmatched defensive, uh, sorry, sorry, overmatched offensively where the Jacksonville defense would step up and just demolish them. Yeah, yeah, to me, this is a pretty similar matchup on paper where they both have good defenses that kind of rely on those defenses. And offensively, they rely on the run games. And I don't think, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I don't want the game in Bortles' hands. And if I'm a Bills fan, I probably don't want the game in Tyrod Taylor's hands. Uh, it may come down to which quarterback is able to make the plays as opposed to the turnovers. And Bortles can be a turnover machine. I said last week, they're 8-0 and when he takes care of the football. And uh, when he doesn't take care of the football, that's when they lose, and they usually lose poorly. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, in the meantime, has thrown, I think, less than five interceptions this year. So he takes care of the football. Uh, that could be a big difference. But with all of that said, to me, the X factor is LaShawn McCoy. Uh, he's 
he's not going to be 100%. He's that offense. The offense runs through him. So depending on how good he is and how long he can go, I'm not even sure if he'll make it through the whole game or if he's going to be on a pitch count or what. Uh, that's, uh, that's huge. I mean, that's their offense. You take McCoy out, I don't think Tyrod Taylor can beat the Jaguars by himself. So depending on how McCoy is, I, I think you know, it depends on how that game goes. If, if he is somewhat like his normal self, I think the Bills can win. Um, if you take McCoy out of the equation, I think the Bills are in trouble. And I will say there has been buzz around the Jacksonville Jaguars this past week in this area. They've sold more tickets for this game despite the Twitter uh, controversy than any other game in their history. They're going to be ready to go. And didn't they also uh, uh, take the um, the coverings off the upper deck? Yes, they took the tarps off. And in my industry, it's always a good thing when you can take the tarps off. Huh. That is a good point. That is an absolutely good point. We're talking with um, Luke Morrow here, obviously, on the Sunday Sprint. We're going to go a little long because we had a whole big part in the front that I didn't expect. Um, uh, uh, sorry, let's, um, let's keep going here with the night game tonight. The Rams, this is the first game Al Michaels has ever called in the city where he lives, Los Angeles. Think about that for a second. The first game in actual Los Angeles he has ever called for the Rams against the Falcons. Big night for the Rams. Big night for Jared Goff. I think if he is the regular season Jared Goff, they win this game. If not, I think Atlanta wins because of experience. Yeah, that's the thing, and I touched on that last week where it's really odd in the NFC. You look at the top three seeds in the NFC, and they're all going to be quarterbacks making their first ever start. And you look at the bottom three seeds in the NFC, and they're all quarterbacks who have been to the Super Bowl before. And so here's the same situation where the Falcons are coming in. Uh, they've been here before. They know what it's like. They made it to the Super Bowl, of course, last year. They're going to try to make up for that starting tonight in Los Angeles. And on the, mean, on the other side, you have McVay and Goff in the playoffs for the first time for a Rams team. That you know, as you mentioned, it's, I think it's the first playoff game in LA in a long time, and also they're having trouble selling tickets. So who knows what the crowd's going to be like there to try to help Los Angeles, who at home this year was only a 500 team. They're much better on the road. Um, so for me, you know, I think I may go with the experience of the Falcons and Matt Ryan over Jared Goff. I've said all year that I think uh, the Rams are kind of imposters. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors offensively. I know they put up gaudy numbers this year, but uh, I'm still just not impressed with them. The Falcons have a very underrated defense, and they obviously have the experience on their side. So I'll take Matt Ryan over Jared Goff. With that said, I hope the Rams do pull it off because that means it'll be Los Angeles and Minnesota next week, and uh, that may be the matchup I would want, certainly more so than the Saints in Minnesota next week. You read my mind. I was going to ask you that, and I agree. I think the Rams are a better option for you than the Saints. Speaking of the Saints... They face Carolina tomorrow. Um, to me, this is New Orleans. In New Orleans, they get the excuse me. Whoa, the advantage of being at home in the Super Bowl, Super Dome, not the Super Bowl. Um, and this is, you know, I, I think this plays right into New Orleans' hands. Better team, great atmosphere, um, just a really great opportunity to have a blast. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the Saints have already beaten the Panthers twice in the regular season. The cliche is it's hard to beat a team three times in one year, but yeah. just to say that it's not as hard as people think. I think it's something like 65% of the time it's happened over the last 15 years, uh, something along those lines. So um, I think the Saints get it done. Uh, the, the, the odd thing is that the Panthers, 
they have one of the best rush defenses in the league. I think they're fourth, allowing something like 88 rush yards per game. But when they play the Saints, the Saints have gone for 148 and 149. So they've been able to run through one of the best uh, rush defenses in the league. So the Panthers are going to have to try to find a way here in the third meeting to stop that run game because if they can't, they'll be in a lot of trouble. And on the other side, Cam Newton, I mean, he was awful last week. He's been awful for too many parts of this season. I still just don't trust Cam Newton, especially on the road. And uh, in those two losses against New Orleans, they didn't even have Lattimore in the defensive backfield. They'll have him today. Um, he's their best option back there. So things are going to get tougher for Cam after he hasn't, he has already struggled against this New Orleans team. So it depends what Cam shows up today. I'll get the bad one, and uh, I think the Saints win kind of easily. Do you think your Vikings will be hosting themselves in the Super Bowl? Uh, ooh, I don't know. Uh, I don't trust the Eagles, so I could see the Vikings if they beat the you know Rams or whoever. Uh, I think it plays out where if they get the Rams, the Saints will go to Philly and win, and then I could see a, a Saints Vikings NFC title game just like 2009 and, and we'll see what happens from there Greg Williams nowhere to be seen yeah thank goodness and also Brett Favre we shall see how it plays out we'll see if Bill Belichick is still the coach of the Patriots this time next week or or will he like John Gruden and Jack Del Rio be uh, you know will the musical chairs already be in motion uh, Luke, enjoy your playoff weekend because uh, we don't do game picks this time of year, so that's it. Oh. I know, and we're at the end of our radio program, too. <laughs> well, hey, these are the best weekends of the year. Well, hold on a second. All right, one last thing. Do you have any interest in calling one of these games the game to watch the Century Tournament of Champions during? Um, well, you know, it's the playoffs, so probably not, but just... Just for the sake of the bit, I'll say uh, Titan Chiefs. That's kind of boring. I, I will go with the Sunday 1 p.m. game. Maybe because I won't be seeing that game. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I will be watching basketball. Luke, thank you, sir. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody.